at the same time, it's like you you don't know until you know. Um, and and one of the things I, I write about in the book is is if you realize it's a box, you've already outgrown it. Um, but it takes us sometimes a few a little bit of time to realize it's a box. Hi, I'm John Timmerman, and yesterday I took a sip from my son's sippy cup because I wasn't quite sure what was in it. And I'm Al Kutri, and the human body freaks me out. And we are the co-founders of The No Bull Company. Hey, everybody. Today's episode is brought to you by Papa Swolio's New England Clam Protein Chowder. All the deliciousness of New England Clam Chowder, but with protein powder. Chowder. Anyway, can't wait to try it. I can already feel myself getting huge. What's up, Noble Nation? Welcome to I'm a Little Buzz, the show where we bring a ridiculous amount of life to business, all while sharing a glass or a bottle of whatever's making us happy and sharing stories about what's getting us buzzed. We will soon be coming to you straight out of the Syracuse studios. Syracuse is Syracuse's newest, greatest co-working space combining creativity, community, and comfort to help you live through this remote work era that we seem to be in. What's getting you buzzed, Al? Click funnels. Click funnels and online business. Where am I looking? There, there. Click funnels and online business. Um, I don't know if anybody knows who he is. What's look, a click funnel? Look him up. Russell Brunson. Mm-hmm. Him. You know, I always talk about this. Him. Tony Robbins. Dean Graziosi. Now they're doing their own challenge, and you know I love these stupid challenges. But they're so good, and they're free, and basically like. Anything you've ever seen on online where, you know, online uh, retail or anything you've ever purchased online really got into your hands by a click funnel. And uh, just on your own time, look that up. And I think now more than ever is the time of online businesses. We're using it. We're using it. People are home. People are starting businesses. People have lost their jobs. They're reinventing themselves. It's so important to educate yourself on how to build a business online and learn all about the different ways and the click funnels and everything that comes with it. And I just like to say click funnels. Um, There's definitely a science to it. Oh, it's, it's such a complex, amazing science. And it's fascinating me because it's definitely a little over my head. So I've been just deep diving on the computer, learning about it, and taking this channel with uh, challenge, which I think I think it's called the Click Funnel Challenge, and it's basically like a th- it's a thirty day challenge, and every day you learn mm. something major about like starting an online business, and whew, it's super intense, and I effing love it. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, uh, also side note, now you know how I make a living. Good master. Yeah, all about the click funnels. I can, not the company click funnels, I know, but, but like that science, it's, like it's crazy. There's it's so many so, components that oh. we have a whole team of people doing different things. Yeah, and I give you guys all the credit because I'm, I'm just like. But to sorry to your point no. though, it can be built by one person. Totally right. Like totally. you can, and you lots can of people have thing. built online businesses yeah. by themselves using these oh. different modules. I mean, and, the whole just the whole. Amazon, just take Amazon, right? Like just that. Yeah. One one site, one platform, and uh, even when you're doing private label stuff or you're whatever, like it's just yeah, it's crazy. 
the world is wide open for and people. It's, yeah, it's wide open. And With I, an internet connection and a cell phone. My my almond shaped eyes are like now just opening to to the world of apple shaped. Yeah, <laughs> to the world of online business because I've never ever thought I would be in that world. Yeah. I was always in the entertainment world or just you know online was just online, you know. But now it's like, uh oh, crazy time to build. So yeah, what about you? I'm getting buzzed about fall in upstate New York. My yeah, favorite cool. season, side note, I'm also getting buzzed about Burt's Beeswax because my also, lips are chapped. But just say foliage. Foliage right? in upstate New York. Because many people can't say foliage, which blows my mind. Like, it's called, it's foliage. Foliage. Yeah. Like, it's a hard word or like people, they don't know what it people means. People have screwed it up and butchered uh, it and I'm like. Like foliage? Maybe Boston or something know, or what? What that was. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what you mean by like butchering Foliage. It. Foliage. Although that's impressive. We, that's how you say it. Do in we start New York. saying foliage? <laughs> the foliage in upstate New York yeah. is unmatched. So, yeah, you're comfortable. Do you go anywhere? I mean, I know you go to camp, but. The leaves in upstate New York and the Adirondacks specifically turn like reddish, orangish, yellowish. Like Every you color. look at mountains. All the colors. And it's just like this. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a watercolor painting. Or like. Bob Ross? Yeah. yeah straight up like Bob Ross painting. And uh, tree here. And I know you like the pumpkin spice coffee and stuff, and I'm a little pumpkin spiced out, but just yeah. all of that. The warm, the, the warmer clothes, the jeans. The, well, that's a great season, man. Yeah, the apple cider, the apple picking, which I'm not sure. that That's how, totally happening. That's happening. Started, it's outdoors. Uh, official apple picking started, I think, two days ago here. Oh. All right. So shout well, out to Beacon Skiff. That's what I'm excited about. So, cheers. Hey, Buzz Nation, are you a Gary Vaynerchuk fan? How about David Meltzer? How about Shea Robottom, Constant Schwartz Marini, and more? That's right, Noble 2020 2.0 is coming up April 8th, 2021. Do you want a free ticket? I know how you can get one. Head over to empathywines.com and buy any 12 bottles of delicious empathy, rosé, white, the red, and use the code NOBLE2020 at checkout and you will get a free $250 front section seating ticket to watch Gary, to watch Shay, and to watch all the amazing speakers April 8th. Head over to noble2020.com for more info and we'll see you there. On today's show, we've got the buzzworthy, amazing human being, Britt Beans Barron. Uh, Britt is an author, speaker, and diversity and inclusion trainer who speaks in order to equip and empower others. She is a natural connector and addresses areas of personal development, race, gender, and sexuality. Britt currently partners with organizations to lead her company's signature training, Understanding Racism 101, and moves teams and individuals through a process of understanding, unpacking, and then moving into anti-racism uh, action plans. The big conversations around diversity, equality, and inclusion come from her life experience, which is shared in her recent book, Worth It, which I am about halfway through and I'm loving it, uh, Overcoming, Overcome Your Fears and Embrace the Life You Were Made For. Also, quick side note, noble nation out there, her friends call her beans, and by default now, you do too. Uh, but <laughs> Noble Nation, please, please welcome Brett Beans Baron. Hey, Brett, how are you? Hello, hello. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. We're super excited. 
Um, before we dive into your story, we like to have fun, which all of our um, audience members know. And so we have a little segment. It's called the Sippy Sip. L, what's the Sippy Sip? The Sippy Sip is total free association. I'm going to ask you some questions. You're going to say whatever comes to your mind. And if you don't like the question, you can just be like, Al, that's a stupid question. I don't like it. Pass. (laughs) Perfect. You should shut shut your mouth, Al. And then we'll go to the next one. That's right. Did you shut? Okay. Ready? (laughs) Yes. MTV or VH1? Oh, MTV. All day. Coffee or tea? Um, Neither. Fair. Uh, What's one thing that confuses you? Um, Taxes. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Same. God, that hit home. Uh, biggest fear? <laughs> um, dying, maybe? Probably, yeah. It's um, not public speaking, answer. so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect, yeah. It's not that I'm gonna go with death, yeah. So, uh, fill in the blank, 2020 is? So weird. Zack, Slater, or Screech? Oh, Screech. Love it. True or false, cats are arrogant and aloof. That's true. Wait, what does aloof mean, actually? Sorry, ruining the rapid fire. Get a cat and you'll know. (laughs) (laughs) You just gotta be around a cat to to really... I'll I'll, I'll come back to you both. Furry assholes, excuse my French, but (laughs) it's what it is. Uh, Since losing the handshake, are you a fist bumper or a generic waver? Um, I'm a a waver. Same. Um, Old Jumanji or new Jumanji? Oh, okay, that's a tough one. I know. Oh, man. Gosh. I'm just going to go with New Jumanji because there's two. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, like double. Yeah. Yep. Quantity. Uh, if you could be any animal, what would it be? Uh, bear, and I would take winters off. So oh, that sounds nice. Smart. And you answered that fast. I feel yeah. like this isn't the first time <laughs> yeah, you've thought about this. Really, <laughs> I think about it often. I'm like, they just, they work. They work really hard, and then they just take and winters then, off. Yeah. Gosh. Great that. answer. I know. They're the original snowbird. Snow bear. Snow bear. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Agree. Snow bear. Yeah. Agree or disagree, pumpkin spice anything should be available available all year. Um, I don't like pumpkin spice anything, but for people who like it, yeah. Go go get it all year, you know? Well, okay. I don't like pumpkin spice spice either. John John overdosed on it. And I did. Now he doesn't like it. And yeah. I, I'm still very much a pumpkin spice kind of guy. It's very particular. It it's is. got a specific thing going on. It is. Yeah, I, I went too hard one year. I went uh, pumpkin beer, pu- uh, pumpkin uh, like donuts, pumpkin spice, well, coffee. I, I went too far. Now my taste buds, I feel like just pumpkin down. Just it, rejecting it. You did yeah. it wrong. I'm still very much in that space. So I'm going to, after this, go and get one. <laughs> You do you? Perfect. Is that what is in the cup right now? That's what's in the cup right now. No, I'm just <laughs> but that's it. That was that simple. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you made it. I'm you so passed. Ready. Good job. Good. Okay. Uh, Thank God. But before we dive into the main discussion, now is the time when we cheers to you and something ridiculous that we come up with. So cheers to you, Brett Beans. Sorry, we can't call you yeah, Brett anymore. Yeah, no more. Um, to life, love, lots of laughter, and always saying, "Oh, look, horses!" When passing any horse anywhere, always, all the time. <laughs> Cheers. 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 So I was, I got in a message that said, there's a cheers part. This Get is the a drink ready. This is the first time we've been out drink, drinked. We've been out drunk. Drunk. Not, drank not drank like it. having been drunken. Yeah. But like out drink presented by our guest. Yeah. So. I- 
I have a story. I literally have a closet full of alcohol. I will go get it right now. I'm just saying. Are you on 75 hard still? No, I failed. Oh, I thought that's why you were drinking water. No, I just didn't. <laughs> I didn't bring your little cup? We, we have it. Yeah, you didn't bring the baby shot glass that I always drink out of, so we didn't, I don't know. I'm only drinking water because I just spent about 10 days drinking nothing but alcohol. That's uh, good. That's a good. Uh, so, yeah. And most of our guests sort of didn't follow the whole, like. <laughs> I'm very impressed. Lindsay. Yeah. Like, you know. Brit's the one. Well, I told my wife, I was like, babe, I'm, I have this podcast and it says, like, I have to have a drink. And she was like, I'm going to make you something. Oh, uh, tell us. Came tell up me with everything. this, like, beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's got like, a uh, salted rim of some sort. Yeah. Some tahini on the rim. Oh. It's tequila and uh. prickly pear syrup. Got, all right, delicious. now we have to have you back so we can make some drinks and share a prop, proper... Man, I'm ready. Yes. I have a backup drink in the fridge. Oh, this has I don't know how long it's going to go. Beans, this is going <laughs> to get fixed right now. John, yeah. hold on. Who do I need to talk to? Who do I, who, who do I have to talk to? Yeah, we're audible. Calling an audible <laughs> on this podcast. Am I still going yeah. or are we cutting yeah, this out? You, okay. You just hold the floor down. This is the best part about having a podcast. So tequila, yeah. first of all. Uh, yep. New, not favorite alcohol... Uh, mm-hmm. But this year, I really uh, discovered tequila uh, beyond yes. shot, sh- a shot of tequila. Yes. Like actually sipping a tequila or making a drink out of tequila. Yes. Has this always been around? Or I feel it's, like tequila... And have you gone into mezcal at all? Uh, I don't even know what that is. Is that a brand or a style? It's a style. And it's like, it's really smoky. Ooh. It's like if tequila was a bourbon. Okay, sold. No, I haven't. Yeah. Is it the the like, goldish type of tequila or is it No, the so there's clear? three types of tequila and then there's like a billion types of... I think technically tequila is a type of mezcal or the, the opposite, I don't know, like scotch and something, but... Are you making me one? Yeah. Oh, yes. uh, ice. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh. oh, wow. Wow, look at the service over there. Okay. Uh, I was like, clouds, no clouds are happening to my window. Sorry about that's the okay. lighting, but it's like a fun adventure. Yeah, so, but apparently so is this podcast. So we got uh, at our wedding, my wife and I, the most expensive thing at our wedding, like more than our dresses, was we got a custom three-foot neon sign that says tequila over boys, which was our family motto. Badass. Um, that now like sits in our kitchen. It's like hot pink. Gives our whole house like, this like glow of tequila. So we are very avid tequila supporters. Oh man, I might be contacting you for some recommendations. Uh, yes. Well, how about now? What's your favorite brand? Uh, currently favorite, whatever you're drinking. Give me something to go off of. Um. Okay. Current favorite tequila brand is probably it's called Fortaleza. Okay. And um, it's delicious. Specifically, the in the uh, reposado. Okay, for to for to leza. So like F O R T A L E Z Z A. Okay, I'm gonna watch this back. Make sure I grab it. And next time we yeah. have you on, we'll be drinking. I have no idea what I'm drinking, but so much it's for my detox. Jack. Ah, perfect. So we'll cheers one more time. Drink. Cheers. Thank thank cheers. you for inspiring us. Appreciate Beans. you. Cheers. Clink clink. Yeah. Oh, what's it touches your lips? It's so good. Okay, now I'm back. Oh yeah. Okay, um, for those of you who are still listening to our ridiculousness, <laughs> everyone gets it. All of our podcasts are like yeah. this. Um, but we want to talk about life and business. Um, so the Noble Company, uh, we are a media company. We talk about life and, and uh, present life and business and in the intersection between the two. Um, way too often do we talk about business separate from life. No longer is the case, especially in 2020. Um, you know, there's yeah. there's lots of... 
lines that aren't there anymore. Um, but we did not do your story justice um, in this little intro that I did. So before we dive into questions, can you give your sort of personal story? You know, where did you grow up? Um, wh- what kind of transitions happened? And where did you land? Where do we find you today? So I grew up, I actually grew up in Colorado. Um, and I grew up in the 90s. And like a lot of people in the 90s, I feel like um, super religious. So evangelical Christian household um, and got really into that and, and sort of committed to that. So the, the beginning part of my adult life was very steeped in that. I went to a Christian college. I ended up working at a different Christian college and then I became a pastor at a mega church, um, which is sort of like you've arrived as, a, as an evangelical and, and pretty young too, right? Yeah, I was 26. Um, and so there's a part of me that's like, heck yeah, like 26 year old, like black woman pastor at a mega church. It felt like, you know, you gotta, you gotta get through some, some barriers to, to make it that far. Um, and then in that, th- that was sort of my plan for life. Maybe I'll be like a Christian speaker or just like take this, this church thing on. Um, I didn't have a ton of, of plans cause I was 26. So mm-hmm. you kind of just do whatever is happening. Um, and then at that job, I met a girl and I was like, wait a minute. Um, what is happening? Oh, no. Something's and then different. I was like, yeah, we, we, we joke. We, uh, we met and we, we instantly became best friends. We've known each other for like two weeks. This is like, such cliche lesbian you know of course i'm like i love you um, yeah that's exactly like me and i'm not a lesbian <laughs> exactly perfect exactly <laughs> i literally do the same thing don't, don't worry <laughs> it's not just you so it's not we just met you. and it's like two weeks into our friendship when we're hanging out and, and we haven't quite put all the pieces together you know that we're like into each other and sammy who's now my wife she's like i know this might sound weird but i just feel like we're already so close. Like you're gonna be in my wedding one day, and I was like, "Yeah, same." You know, we're yeah. like we're like developing this like weird close <laughs> friendship, and then you know, as the months go by, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like all of the pieces had finally kind of like clicked together, and I was like, "Shit," you know, this is this is amazing, and also this is the worst. Yeah, you know? yeah. I just I just went headfirst whole life into a career where like the one thing you can't do is be gay. Like, <laughs> You can blur a lot of lines, but like that one, That's you a cannot tough do. One. So then I was like, um, the next few years were just a blur of like figuring it out, like going to therapy, talking, um, slowly starting to come out to people in my life, um, and eventually just kind of being like, I have to, I have to make the right choice here, and that's um leaving my job leaving that community and and just choosing what i believe in what i stand for and and who i love so did that um we've been married now for three years mm, and um yeah it's the relational side of life since then has been so amazing and the professional side was a bit more of a journey um because a mega church pastor has almost no transferable skills you know like mm. Hey, hire me. I was a mega church pastor. It's like, what? No. Um, 
So figuring out what I wanted to do since then has been um, fun and yeah, and difficult. Um, and so my wife and I run a little company called Other Dreamers that has sort of developed into, um, like I said before, a lot of inclusion work. It's also where I house like writing and speaking. My wife is a creative director, so we have some creative elements. Um, and so that's been really fun. And just last week, actually, uh, we moved from LA to Austin. Last week. Last week, yes. This is well. Cheers in your new yeah. space, yeah. in your new yeah. digs. Yeah, that's awesome. Cheers. Looks great so far. I love the shelves. I know. My gosh. I know. Put this that is room awesome. together quick. Yeah, it's literally the office and kitchen. We're like done. <laughs> the first things. Everything else. We're like we can figure it out. The necessities. Yeah, of yeah. That's exactly. what I would do. Absolutely. Uh, so here we are. And here we are. Um, that's awesome. Um, thank you for sharing that story. Uh, I'm eager to dive into, um, you know, what I've learned about you and, and kind of share that with the, with our audience, because I think, you know, we have a wide variety of people on the show. You know, we just got done interviewing Candace Matthews, uh, Brackeen. She's, um, um, black woman venture capitalist who's, uh, investing in underserved uh, people and founders and communities. Um, we've had on uh, content creators, you know, that have millions of followers on, on all the social media channels and they're turning that into a business. You know, so we, we love to explore kind of the different sides of living life and then, you know, plugging business into that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of people who are listening or will listen to this podcast that are loosely in the position you are in you know they may be they may be um you know black or uh uh, they may may be lesbian or they may be uh indigenous Uh, which we just learned from from candace you know they may be in an underserved uh area of their life uh Mm -hmm. or put into a box you know, yeah. and so no matter what gender, race, they might be suppressed in some way. Maybe, you know, I'd know a little bit about your parents and they were very supportive of you, but there's a lot of people out there that may be super rich and their parents put them into a box and it's in different ways, you know, hard to get out of those boxes wherever they are. And, and you've seemed to achieve that and become very, very happy, uh, yeah. you know, with with where you are. Um so one of the first questions that I have is when you look back on the transition of being in the box for general mm-hmm. terms and getting outside of the box, um, you know, what are, what are some of the shifts that happened in your head that, or the triggers that happens in real life? Not to say that everyone's going to follow these, but just give an example of some of the things you can pinpoint to be able to, uh, or, or looking back saying, oh, this was one of those moments where I started to climb out or even knew I was in a box. Yeah, that's, it, you know, it's tough because there, sometimes I look back and I'm like, want to shake myself. And I'm like, you needed to do this so much sooner, so much <laughs> faster, so much quicker. Like, you know what I mean? That's, sure. But at the same time, it's like, you, you don't know until you know. Um, and, and one of the things I, I write about in the book is, is if you realize it's a box, you've already outgrown it. Um, mm. but it takes us sometimes a, few, a little bit of time to realize it's a box. Like for a while, like that, the narrative about me, um, the expectations on me, like that felt like reality that felt like truth. 
Like, this is who I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to do. That was, I didn't see it as a box. I didn't see it as other people's expectations. I didn't see, I saw it as like truth. And so unraveling other people's expectations of me from what I wanted in my own life, as simple as it sounds, is like the beginning of the end for like whatever box people want you to be in, mm -hmm. right? Because so many things were like, oh, I should do this. But then I was like, why? Like, you have to really pull on the thread of like, because my my mom said so, because my sixth grade youth pastor told you know what I mean? Like, you're like, wait, these aren't these aren't truths about me. These are people's expectations yeah. that they've put on me. Um, and, and making that like little shift, I think, was that's when the train started to sort of leave the station. Just the awareness, you know, was. Yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, I was, okay. I was going on the next it's, thing. It's super fascinating to me, um, especially, I mean, obviously a part of our our conference, our keynote speaker is Gary Vaynerchuk, who uh, preaches to this a lot about judgment, the way we feel about ourselves, and some of the most of the decisions that we make that maybe don't align with our true self are just simply put on to us by other people. And it's typically mm -hmm. your parents, because that's the earliest form of influence that we have. Yeah. But, you know, as John was saying earlier, in terms of life and business, I think now more than ever, our life is our business. Like our life yeah. now more than ever becomes the business. Yeah. And people don't even realize it. Um, and what's what I'm interested to hear from you is, you know, you now have this brand, which is very mm -hmm. much your life. Like yeah. it's completely predicated on your entire life. And I think that for our listeners, there's a lot of people that are in a similar boat, like John said, where whether it was struggle for one reason or another, there's a storyline of struggle. And now they've realized like, okay, this is my time to get mm -hmm. out. So step one is realizing you're outside the box, which you've so eloquently said, you know, once you realize it's a box, you've already evolved out of it. Yeah. In your opinion, like what is what is step two for someone? Once they say like, okay, look, at, look here's my story. I can see it. What's step two? What yeah. was your step two? I'd say my step two was acknowledging all of the reasons I didn't, all of the things I was afraid of. So like naming all of the change, like that's what most people fear the most, right? Is change because change is loss, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think I had to say, like get very clear on like, so in my example, in my story, all right, I love this person. I want to be with this person. That's what I know is true. That's what I know is good. That's what I know is right. So then what, why am I not doing it? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm afraid people will treat me different. I'm afraid people will treat my family different. I'm afraid I'll lose friends. I'm afraid I'll lose my job. I'm afraid I'll lose community. I'm afraid I don't know what I'll do after. Like all of these these things. And I had to get very clear on what those were. So then I could address like, at the end of the day, and this is a question I asked myself over and over. At the end of the day, if every single one of those things happened, would I still be okay? Um, because I think sometimes we try to trick ourselves into thinking like it won't happen, like bad things won't happen, we won't lose anything, we're gonna like magically transform as people, we're gonna like start a business, we're gonna do all these things and then like nothing's gonna change, right? right. Like we like romanticize this idea um, and, and in reality, everything I was afraid of 
literally happened. All of it. And I was, and I was still okay. Right. Um, but I had to get clear with myself on the fact that I, I would be, right? And that was like therapy and, you know, lots of conversations. But it's like you have to name, this is the thing you want. And, and by the way, like, like you said, everyone is put into a box because everyone has expectations from people put onto them, whether it's like, Here's how to be a mom. Here's how to be a person. From the Here's moment how to you're born. Exactly. And so well, going out of those is going to like shake up the narrative and and things might happen, but you need to get clear on the fact that like you'll you'll be okay. Like you're you will make it through the hardest day. You've already made it through every hard day you've been through, so the odds are in your favor, but you have to be so clear on that. Probably one of the most profound things that I pulled out of your book for me, uh, being a white dude, uh, is your you reflected back on your childhood with a friend of yours who came to you when you were saying things like like oh that's gay you know like in a negative yeah. connotation right like oh that outfit's gay or like why would you wear that that's gay or whatever which is super like. You, I think you even mentioned in the 90s or even 2000s, like oh, probably even today, I don't, you know, hopefully less, but that's a very common ingrained thing into our vocabulary. Yeah. And you were just saying it like the rest of, you know, at least the United States was saying it at a young age. And yeah. a friend of yours came up and said, like, that's super hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, you know, not to make you cringe again, but you put it in your book, like you responded saying like, oh, don't be, you know, don't be so don't weak. Be so that's gay. gay. About it. Yeah, yeah. Don't be so gay <laughs> yeah, about it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I couldn't remember the exact thing, but it was the worst. Yeah. That yeah. your feelings are gay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like that in the gay community, um, but also in a racist standpoint, like that is something that I, I see in my communities and, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's frustrating to hear, but can you describe now looking back on that instance, now coming out, um, you know, you're also a, a woman of color, you're black, you know, mm-hmm. what does something like that do when the rest of us saying it think it's just, we don't mean it like that, right? Like, oh, we don't yeah. mean it like that. Like, why would you take it like that? Yeah, like, like the desensitization of the word. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was really important for me like writing this book about like how like all these these ways in which I've like quote unquote made it or like you know like overcome something I was like the first chapter has to be about all the ways I've gotten it wrong um mm-hmm. because I need I I want people to know that because if you can connect with that and if you can remember that it will it will change the way you interact with every conversation after so I remember saying like truly I mean and now like you know few years later jokes on me i'm like i wish i could find that that kid you know um but i remember thinking like what bro it's just a word like don't be gay about it like it's you know what i mean like and literally cringe like i hate you know i'm like gag me but but that was like a true feeling i had and there have been so many levels of my evolution with that word right with my own sexual identity on many levels that i'm sure was like sweet 14 year old me was like pushing down so far that like that felt like a really I mean there's so many things about me that that made that moment possible Mm -hmm. and that have made this transformation possible now and so many ways in which I I need to keep doing that Mm -hmm. um but if I can 
if I can stay in touch with that, then that changes the way that I have conversations now with white folks who are like, slavery was 400 years ago, right? It doesn't mean I dismiss it and I'm like, oh, they're just on their journey. Um, but it does give me a, a different lens, a different ability to tap into, um, to communicate and, and to try to um, encourage and explain and, and knowing that like, from that kid telling me until like me waking up in a way, there were probably different levels of folks. And sometimes I have conversations. I'm like, all right, I might've been step two in a 10 step process, but maybe we, we did something here. Um, because I remember, I, I just, I remember being like unconscious to my own thoughts and language and bias and, and it was, it was real. So I don't know, I guess it, I don't want to use, I don't know if empathy is the right word, but it, it, it does change the way I have this conversation. And, and something you said too, kind of made me think that this is sort of the way a lot of people react, especially when we're young, right? Like we're, you know, yeah. hormones and like, whatever, you know, we, we want to fit in, we want to be cool, all this kind of stuff. But, um, you mentioned that you were probably, maybe you were like suppressing some things and like, so, so you were unconsciously like putting that out, like, Oh, come on, stop being gay. But like, mm -hmm. you know, in, in society, I think I'm not a psychologist, so I'm just kind of going off of sort of what we see, but that happens a lot as like a defense mechanism of people mm -hmm. when, you know, we see or hear them say mean things as a way to project out, you know, whatever they're dealing with. Right. So yeah. maybe they have a, you know, terrible home life. And so they're making fun of somebody else's home life because they're embarrassed about their own home life. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of a, a projection and it's a sad kind of reality. Um, but it seems to be sort of a human defense mechanism, basically. Yeah. I mean, so one of the, my favorite quotes, um, from one of my favorite authors, James Baldwin, he says, I imagine the reason people cling so tightly to hate is that they fear once the hate is gone, they'll be forced to deal with pain. Mm. Um, and I, I think it rings true on on every level, right? That's It's what you talked about, right? Like, I'm going through this, so like, you're gonna go through something. Like, um, yeah. I think about this as my, you know, almost 10 years as a, as a in min person in ministry, like, was telling people who were gay that that is not what God wanted for them. Like that was a thing I said to people with like a voice of authority mm -hmm. and, and my own grief about that is so deep that it had the potential to keep me from evolving, mm -hmm. um, from, from growing, from changing, because what do I do with the fact that I participated in that? Like, what do I do with the reality that like I said that? And I think when we even have conversations about race, right? I think there are a lot of people that are like, if I if I evolve in in this thinking, if I if I start to understand something new, what do I do with the way that I've treated people? What do I what do I do with the jokes I've told? What do I do with these things? And so that that pain, that grief, will will keep me from that evolution. And so I think we need to make space for people to to forgive themselves to experience pain to sit with grief um because if we don't we're, we're literally never going to evolve yeah and i mean i agree with you in that i think that you know there's a lot of people that say things and do things 
uh, probably the majority of people say things and do things, they have no concept of the impact of those words. And, and we can expand, we can keep that, you know, based on race or, or gender preference or anything, just g- general communication back and forth. And, you know, as a, as a former pastor and, and woman of faith, and you still are a woman mm-hmm. of faith, but like, you know, life and death are in the power of the tongue. People have yeah. no clue what that means. People have no clue yeah. that it's so true that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And even if you say something um, unintentionally that, that is harmful, I think people really need the space to be able to step back, look at that, and then go and say more and apologize and say, hey, listen, I don't like, I want to take that back and I want to clean that up emotionally and mentally. And I don't think people realize that even if they do say something, it's quite. I don't want to say super easy, but it's pretty easy to go and emote and say like, hey, I'm really sorry. Or like, you know, help me improve. And I think that instead of people, and and you have seen, I'm sure, more of this than I have, but instead of people doing that, they just let it be. Yeah, They just let it be. Oh, it's easier. Like, I'm not going to go and say anything. For themselves. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I... I wish that people could really focus on that that you know piece of scripture, whether they know it's from scripture or not, mm-hmm. <laughs> and realize yeah. like you can give someone life or you can kill them with just words. And we we know that right because we, when we think about our own lives, the most powerful moments in our lives, whether they be positive or negative, it's probably someone speaking something exactly to us, right, exactly. like something a bully said in sixth grade, and you remember you're like thirty five years old, and you're like. I remember exactly what yeah. they said and the way they I said know. it, right? Yeah. And then like kind words from your grandma or whatever, right. like you Life remember giving. those things. And 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 we have the opportunity to to normalize being corrected, to normalize saying like, oh my yeah. gosh, I did not know that, and now I can course correct to Just normalize like sort of these things. Right. It's not, you know, language. However powerful it is, it's also simple. Super right? simple and reversible. Yeah, right. You can stop today. You can stop using any word you want. Yeah. I think that actually is a really profound few words, right? That it's reversible because oh. I I know from my small, you know, experiences that I think that's why a lot of people, particularly in the white community, you know, with with BLM and 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 the George Floyd murders and or murder and and things that are going on now, um They've said and believed a certain thing up to this point. Their community and their circle have all been talking about these things up to this point. They've been saying things, whether it's like, oh, that's gay or, or you know, things mm-hmm. like that, right? They've been doing it all up to this point. So to be, to turn around and say something different now is like the excru- the thought that they, the, the pain that they would go through personally is something right. that most people aren't willing to overcome the uncomfortableness of having the 10 people who you go to a barbecue with, I don't know, whatever in your family. Yeah. Like I'm actually dealing with a little bit of this in my circle, circle now is like, mm-hmm. you know, things that I, so to, to back up, you know, we had this podcast and we've made it an intentional decision to bring on more people that will educate us in our community, in the business community, entrepreneurs that listen to this. And so you know, that's why you're on here. You know, we all need to learn and that's something that we've made the decision to do. But there's people that I'm connected with that aren't there yet. You mentioned sort of mm-hmm. steps, right? 
they're not there yet. And so I'm constantly trying to figure out how, like what is the thing that would make them realize how much pain, <laughs> you know, well, how much pain they're causing if anybody yeah. hears what they're talking about. <laughs> right. And that they could just change. But then I'll have one-on-one conversations with people, some of them, and and all of a sudden, like, those walls are down. Like, now they are a yeah. little bit more understanding. Now they are a little bit more empathetic. But then you get them back in front of their friends or family or whatever it is, and they're right back there again. Yeah. So it's this, I don't even understand it because yeah. I feel like well, I'm not think- built that way or I, I w- was evolved, I guess. Um, well, I think when you realize, I think when anybody realizes, we'll, we'll just say, you know, normal people that aren't, in fact, sociopaths, mm-hmm. like, real, realize that you're hurting someone. Like, mm-hmm. you may not know it, you're hurting. I think once it comes in, when you frame it in the sense of like, hey, you are actually like harming someone and hurting someone, you know, I think that helps with people to like, you know, shift. But... Uh, and to transition now, good transition over to you know your uh, your business and how you're helping um, companies and people to understand racism um, and like what does it you know really mean? So thinking about that and that there's a lot of the business community, you know, white business community, that doesn't understand racism. Our present company included. You know, we're still learning and we're still making changes and and. Um, being very, very aware of it, whereas before, I wouldn't have called myself a racist. I, you know, have lots of black well, friends, I, and yeah, I, I mean, you know, I but wouldn't like, call you a racist either. <laughs> no, but like now I'm looking back, you know, not as aggressive as, yeah. you know, um, making derogatory marks or anything like that, but like now I see opportunities for change. How are you helping people understand things that they don't even know that they're doing or things that they know they're doing and trying to take some steps towards change. Yeah, so uh, I mean, there's a few things we're doing like from the business side, we have a training uh, that we take. So we work with companies and organizations, Uh, we take them through a training, and then after that there's some consulting opportunities based on, you know, where they find themselves. Um, And then I have a a course available for individuals or people to go through with their family, their partner, their, you know, smaller group, whatever. Mm Um, in sort of the impetus for doing it in the, in the specific way, um, it's done is after, uh, George Floyd was murdered, my inbox was like flooded and it was flooded with particularly people saying, I, I'm not sure where to start. Like, Hmm. I don't even know, like, I, I'm not even, it's like when you go to the mall, when people used to go to the malls, when they one were open and two were cool. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you get in there and you're like, okay, I, I know that I want to get to Nordstrom, but like, I first need to know where I am. You know, it felt like people mm-hmm. asking like, where am I even on the map? Like, right. I know that I want to be like an anti-racist advocate, but like, I don't know where to find myself. And so um, the course in, in our training is, is, it's called Understanding Racism 101 because it's meant to be 101. Like, if mm-hmm. you have a master's in cultural studies, like, don't don't do this course. Um, it's it's designed to say, like, uh, my dad always says, you cannot understand content without understanding context. Um, yeah. And so, Love it. it's designed to give you the context 
for like what you're seeing and experiencing. Like, mm -hmm. how did we get here? Why are people saying Black Lives Matter? This isn't a 2013, 2015 thing that just popped up. We're gonna start in 1492, and I literally will take people from 1492 <laughs> to 2020 and allow them to like populate timelines because you should be able to draw a line from like 1741 to like something that happened when Barack Obama was president. Like these, these things are not, um, they are in, not interdependent. Meaning like they're still going on? Like the, like. Well, no, it, they're it's, related. It's like, oh. they're related. Like yeah. that you should be able to see a thread of like, it's not like, oh my gosh, 2020, we're experiencing racism, right? It's yeah. like, oh, racism is a foundational part of, yeah. of this, the, this country that we live in. And, and I want you to understand that sometimes the problem uh, in the conversation about racism is it, it becomes individual. Mm -hmm. And then, so people say individually, like, well, I'm not a racist. And now you feel like you can be out of the conversation. Yeah. So what I'm trying to show people is we exist in a system of racism and we have been individually impacted. Mm -hmm. Whatever race you are, you have been impacted by this system and that looks different, you know, for, for different folks. But um, that is the, the, the work we're doing now, which is, it's, it's good. So now just educate me a little bit more. When you go into a company, what, what patterns do you see? Is it a trickle down effect? Do you educate the company as a whole? Do you educate management? Do you educate executive? Like how do you, how do you, uh, attempt to get that filtration system from the top to the bottom in a successful way. Yeah. Uh, well, we 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 like to work with the leadership team first. Mm -hmm. At least have a conversation to say we're we're, we're on the same page here, right? Um, but then, in in terms of the trainings, we love to have everyone experience the training first time together mm -hmm. um, because we feel like if you are like leadership. Uh, management for your organization like you need to be showing up um, in in the same way that you're asking you know sure. folks in your organization sure. to show up um, but then from there we'll, we'll then after the training circle back with leadership and talk about how we um, move things forward and, and one of the things I believe in um, that shows up in this work but I believe in it about business and and, and organizations is that the the best things are gonna come when when folks feel like they have a seat at the table. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm always encouraging organizations to be structured in a way where a junior designer could feel like they have the opportunity to pitch a big idea. Um, and so in that same way, I want this this work to feel like that, right? Of like everyone in here gets a say in, in how they feel like this organization is done um, because that's when the best stuff happens. Right. And to completely agree with you, um, Excited you said that. Until any leaders out there, small, big companies, you know, Fortune 100s, whatever. Not that I have a ton of experience leading a Fortune 100 company, but uh, yet. Uh, but nice. um, <laughs> um, after a couple more of these, and you know, um, <laughs> completely agree with what you said about making sure that all levels are included, right? So I have a small team. Um, I run a global remote. Um, marketing agency right so we have a significant team in brazil we have some in india and one of the most profound things that i've learned um, as a leader of a small company is that when you show um, empathy and respect for somebody in your company the smaller the bigger impact it will have right 
And mm-hmm. so when somebody who's brand new comes on and I send them a, a video message, right? Because we're all remote, mm-hmm. right? So we've, we've, we have yeah. a distributed workforce. So if I send them a video message saying, hey, super excited that you're on, so happy to have you here, that actually means more sending me sending me that me sending that video than if we were all in the same office and me knocking on the door and like opening up the door and being like hey welcome welcome to the team you're gonna do great things and then like going on to the rest of my day like showing them when they know that there's people all over the place clients all over the place things like that like showing them um the empathy but then also following that up with including them on bigger business decisions and getting their opinions asking their opinions on seemingly executive level decisions Mm -hmm. i would say is one of the biggest lessons that i've learned um as a still very novice growing leader uh of way a way to run a great company you know so whether it's understanding racism um growing a company realizing um, positive inclusion uh you know practices I, I think I respect you for bringing that up because I think that's one of the more powerful things that a leader can do is to yeah. include all levels, the janitor. Like, <laughs> I mean, so we talked about this in a previous pocket, like the art of being human, you know, mm-hmm. like and being relatable and being human. You're human mm-hmm. first. That's that's your first yeah. job is to be a human. And I think that if you can uh, if you can nail that down. And you can really, you know, form those sort of connections with people. You, you, the sky is the limit with who you can impact, the the size of the businesses that you can build, because you're a damn good human. <laughs> like, yeah. Like just do that, and Johnny, do that. I'm happy to be um, on your team. <laughs> you do that. My my friend and I always joke, and we say being human is the hardest job any of us will ever have. Oof. It's good work. It's the best work, but it's hard work, you know. Because it is hard work. Of all the reasons that we said, right? Of of expectations yeah. that have put on us, of of things we've heard about ourselves. But um, I think you're right. If we can open ourselves up to, this is something I fundamentally believe to be true about the world. If we can be- begin to like love and embrace and respect our own nuances, um, our own humanity then it will not be hard for us to do that with others. Um, and so, like you said, when, when we find ourselves snapping at people and doing all these things, there's, there's something probably internally that we haven't dealt with. Mm-hmm. So if we can begin to say like, I'm so nuanced, I'm kind of weird, I have grief, like I'm dealing with pain, I have joy, okay, all that exists in me, then when I'm gonna go interact with you two, I'm gonna assume that that is also true for you and that will change our interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, being human is, is the, our only job. It's a good job. It's a hard job. And, you know, we have to do it. Also the best job. I mean. It is the best job. Yeah. I'd take it over being a bear. Whew, really? Like I mean, in, nine in, months? In, I'm wait, still, nine months? I'm still no, like six bear. months of sleeping. Yeah. Depending on where you are. I want a, a human life with a bear lifestyle. With a bear mm. lifestyle. It's totally yeah. possible. Also, totally bears are very powerful. You don't fuck with a, Nobody, like a grizzly bear. Nobody screws with the bear ever, except for maybe a bull elephant. Oh, that we had a podcast a few weeks true, ago actually. where we asked the same question. He's like, "I would be a bull elephant because you go to like Africa and there's lions and tigers. Elephants and rule. A bull elephant comes in there and they all run. 
everyone runs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's your what's the next big move? What's like you know book tour whatever? What's the big thing? What's coming? Um. Yeah. So book tour obviously changed like a lot of things in 2020. Sure. Um, and so it's it's a podcast tour. So I've just been having so many fun conversations with people. Um, we're still doing trainings, courses. I'm launching a few new courses. Um, some on how to be human, um, how to how to deal with expectations of other people. Love that. Um, and I'm currently writing a children's book, which is a fun, exciting project. That is awesome. I have a couple friends that are doing that. I love it. I secretly want to do it. So God bless you. Lindsay yes. and I are Let's doing do that. it. I, I, I it. love it. Lindsay and I literally at camp. You're doing started. Book. Yeah, started writing children's books. It's the books. greatest thing yeah. ever. I, I'm going to follow up with you after all yes. this and be like, tell me everything about the children's book. Huge. Let's do it. Huge. I'm excited. I feel like this is a great exercise. Like, we're probably never going to actually publish our children's book. Why you, would you say that? You will. You're going to be successful. She definitely Beans. Will. Yes. Beans will definitely do it. Why? Yeah. Wait, why are you going to do it? Well, yeah, one, why? I have way too many things on my plate, including being that's, a new dad. That's a legitimate reason. But um, yeah, that, that feels fair. <laughs> but it Sorry was. Sorry I attacked you. Yeah, it's okay. No offense <laughs> taken. But it was. So I'm just going to tell you because I feel like this is a very honest conversation. So I started writing mine um, a few nights after George Floyd got murdered. And the title is Black and Blue. And it was, uh, I started thinking of, okay, I have this new son, my first child. Um, Congrats. Thank you. Not going to, he's going to grow up a great human being. Yeah. If However I can do it, you know, I want to make sure. And right. And so I dig it. I'm reading children's books to him every night different ones and mm-hmm. i was like a children's book is a great way because i i'm reading the same fucking children's book to my <laughs> my son every night to the point where i could tell you exactly both of jimmy fallon's uh, everything oh, is mama oh, yeah, and, yeah. yeah um and and a host of other ones and i was like this is a great way to teach a child because this is the very first thing that they're reading or hearing other than your voice sure. And I just started re- writing it. It's not complete, but like, it. W- my point is, it was, it is, and was a great exercise in yeah. trying to tell a story about what has happened for to a child. hundreds of years and how it's reflecting today, and what the tension is, and how to deal with it, and how yeah. to make sure you're not like that. And so you, know, you finish it. You're gonna. So I'll, yeah, I'll finish it. But but even for those of you out there that don't want to finish it. Writing it is a great exercise. And cathartic. Yeah. How far are you along with the children's book? Um, medium. Okay. Medium far along. So I've got. Medium's good. Medium's good. Yeah. I don't. I, I guess that was like a weird way to answer that. You know, in, in other books, it's like, oh, what's your word count? But this is sort of like mm. you the write less, a the lot better. and then you bring it. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's been a fun exercise. So I've got concept, got idea, still nailing down sort of the story. There's a. I did a keynote earlier this year that. I just like loved and um, as I was preparing for the keynote sort of wrote the idea like it's not about being brave or, or being afraid you to experience courage you first need to let yourself be scared right um, and so that's the concept for the, the, the kid the book is you know yeah, yeah is trying to be brave but eventually needs to realize you first have to let yourself feel scared well if you need a test market um right i would love to and what is that it's like you know like how to become brave like you get opportunities to be brave 
That's yeah. how you become you brave. To, you, you have to be scared. You have right. to you have to feel that to say like, oh, okay, this is what this feels like. I can I, I can it. make it. You know. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, listen, this has been an amazing interview. Um, Appreciate you. One of my favorites so far. Uh, you, yeah. You're incredibly open and. I think this is what our world needs in the business side of things, um, as well as, you know, just us as humans. Um, but I have one more question for you before we leave. And I ask all this, I ask all of our guests this question. Um, and I want you to answer from a personal side and or a business side. Um, but what does success mean to beans? Um, good question. I think business side, I'll start first business answer I think sometimes we get ahead of ourselves with success I think if if you can live your life doing what you're doing it's successful um I don't know that we need to be as obsessed with leveling up as we are like if what you're doing is working and you're like paying bills with your business like that feels like a win a success um so that's my my business answer I think um success i uh, sorry real quick yeah. tell the quote that i think i heard out of your book or somewhere of what your definition of success is if you can i think you said somewhere like if you if you can have a life with your wife pay the bills right like yes you're successful oh yes there's yes <laughs> It's I mean, I don't know, maybe it's not a quote, but like that's the gist well, of it. Read the book. Well, <laughs> yes, read the book. I think my friend, I think my friend Rach wrote that in the foreword. Oh, that's so like, must that, have been where that, it was. That is my dream life. Is like if I could pay my bills and like do do something I love and then have as much time as I can to hang out with my wife, like I am I'm all in. Yeah. So Cheers. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's it. That was a that that, better oh. one than I was trying to think of. All right. Mic drop. Boom. Right. Did you I just a quick question. So remember yeah. when you, you met your wife whenever, as friends, yeah. and you both said like, oh yeah, well, you're probably going to be in my wedding someday. At your actual wedding, did you reference that and be like, well, I you know, didn't think it would <laughs> be in this context. <laughs> we did not reference it at the actual wedding, well, but that feels to. like a miss. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> you need to, back. after this, and be like, remember that? Because, yeah. Yeah. you know, you back. were yeah. right. You, this, <laughs> yeah. I guess we were at yeah, the wedding. But, yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. People got who people were there. They got the gist of they it. They got it. Yeah, they knew. Yeah. Uh, um, also, thanks oh. for not letting me drink alone. Oh yeah. Oh, thanks for getting. Thank you us for inspiring us back on track <laughs> yeah. with the whole name of our stupid <laughs> podcast. Is I'm a little buzz. Who needs the detox anyway? Nobody. Screw seven. Zero people. Never heard of it. Yeah, I don't know. You know what that means? I feel so good. I feel so good. But uh, before we leave, tell our audience what is one thing that you'd like them to know about you and things that you have going on. You, you know, what do you want them to do and where can they communicate with you if they have questions? Um, yes. Yeah, so most of the things probably that you should know about me are on the internet. Um, the interwebs. So can, yeah. Follow me on Instagram at Britt Barron, one T, two R's, um, or BrittBarron.com and I will keep you up to date. You can get on my mailing list. I send out an email every Friday and it has a joke in it. So sign up. That's uh, our style. We I like jokes. I already followed you. I will make sure. We got to get on the email. I definitely already followed her. But yeah. That's fine. Get an email list. Hey. Got you. Well, thank you so much. Uh, cheers to you, Beans. Thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your stories with us and inspiring our Beans, audience. Appreciate you. Um, go Thanks check her so out. Much. Have an amazing day.